Welcome back, Bear fans. The Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on WestBranch.Football. Is back online. I'm Jason Miller. You just heard Matt Chenander. And as always, joining us, the voice of the bear, Stephen Grace. Hi. Well, hello. How have y'all been in the last few months with, with no football since November? You know, I mean, it's been rough. Because, I mean, I, I, I luck out that I get to just transition straight into wrestling, so that helps. So that gets me through March. But then you start getting in through that dry spell of, hey, you know, I'm really ready for football season to get here. So I can't disagree with anything that Steven said. I mean, other than the wrestling part, because I don't uh, I don't watch wrestling. And it's he doesn't get it, Steven. He just I mean, it's it it's not against Steven. You know, it's if I say that excuses are for wusses, do I have to pay Spencer Lee <laughs> since he has that trademark now? Facts. I love it. <laughs> well, Matt. I'm sure you have the countdown meter going, maybe not physically on the website, but I think we're, if, if my math is correct, as of this very moment, almost 26 hours to the minute, as it is right now, 26 days, sorry, to the minute. 26 hours, I got to get some work. You better get some yeah. work in. But 26 <laughs> days from right now, we'll be playing high school football. That is odd, odd to think how quickly things turn. I mean. There have been a lot of things happening with all kinds of sports. I mean, the basketball team, both teams had a very successful winner. The spring, the soccer team, both soccer teams did very well. The golf team won a state championship. Baseball and softball had a fun summer as well. And now all of a sudden, bang, here we are, 26 days from football. And we haven't even had a single practice yet. In the last few months, Matt, as you've posted some things on the website, and you and Steven got to talk a little bit earlier this spring about the schedule coming up. I'm going to defer over to you on that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of one of the biggest things that we've had happen since the Stephen and I did that last episode, which was right after districts were announced, I think. So we knew a good portion of the schedule, but we didn't know those remaining um, first three weeks of the season. And uh, of course, uh, now we do. So August 27th, the season will kick off at Lisbon, back up there for the first time. And we were just talking about this before the show. What, three, probably four years, five years? Seven years. Seven years. Seven? Oh, my goodness. Seven. This is the seventh year of the Bearcast, boys. And so, Stephen, if it's the seventh year of the Bearcast, what, what, what significance would that hold with Lisbon? But going to uh. Lisbon. The last time we that's played the last there? time I didn't do a Bearcast game. That is correct because that was the inaugural Bearcast, and fans, all thirty-four of them that night, got to suffer through Jason Miller and Matt Chenander on the Bearcast for its inaugural mission. Thank goodness we've upgraded since then to to Steve Grace and Mike Quinlan. But hey, you know you got to start somewhere, and you know you guys set the bar pretty low, so Quinny and I didn't have to worry about sounding that good, and we sound great. We've gone from about 30 listeners that night to we've been over nights where we've had near a thousand or over Over a thousand. thousand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, times have changed. And I think, again, like Matt said, with the team that that uh, we've put together, not we that has come together, uh, it's it's a good product and something that the the community can be proud of and look forward to. So looking forward to going to to Lisbon with the Stephen Grace and Mike Quinlan version of the program. So then the next week, uh, the home opener against Columbus Catholic, they're from Waterloo. Um, 
And then I believe the alumni band will be playing at halftime. So that'll be a fun one to fun one to see and listen to. Um, and then, yeah, the third and final non-district game is going to be uh, September 10th. I headed back up to Delhi to play in the Cocoda Valley. So this one's already scheduled now in advance. So that's good. And then, yeah, the rest of the schedule, um, as Stephen and I kind of talked about uh, a few months ago, uh, home against L&M. That'll be Veterans Appreciation Night, uh, 24th of September at Minneapolis. So potentially, you know, I'm not going to put any bulletin board things out there, but maybe some revenge. We, you know, make up for losing to them close game in the playoffs last year. October 1st, home against Durant. That'll be homecoming. Uh, October 8th at Regina. That long long drive over there. Charter a bus for that night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's get the let's get the money going for that. <laughs> get now. a plane for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Larry Lynch can throw you know a few trips from back and forth. You know. Right. Uh, and then finally the uh, now finally I mean it'll come it'll be here before we know it. But October fifteenth at home against Wilton that'll be senior night and so that'll close out the uh, regular season. Hopefully we'll have more beyond that. But uh, first things first, uh, Lisbon. Um, you know, it's been a few years since we played them. They're now down in class a, um, what are you guys thinking that we're going to be seeing from, from the lions there? And, you know, kind of what are we thinking that hope, hoping to see from West branch that night up and down our schedule. There's quite a few teams that lost several key pieces from last year, but they also have several key pieces that are coming back. So I think that's, uh, going to be very interesting to see. Because that's exactly how I see us being. You know, we lost several key players from last year's team. We've got several key players there. It's just kind of how are all of these teams going to mesh together? And not to do, you know, a very generic look at it. But, I mean, it feels like this entire schedule is going to be how do all these pieces fall into place and figure out, you know, how are we going to play together? How are we going to come off of the year that was 2020? And everything that was the craziness around that and the scheduling. And, I mean, we played one home game. You had games canceled, this, that, and the other thing. So I think that'll be really key is to see how all of those pieces come in, in to, to the, come together. God, I can't talk to them. It's been out of practice of doing this for a while. but um, And I think for us, too, I mean, we've got a really small senior class. So we're going to have a lot of young people out there. So... How are they able to step on there for that first chance on a Friday night light, potentially, and be able to perform when that first whistle sounds? They're going to be one of the tougher teams West Branch sees this year. You hit the nail on the head when you're saying each team, it's, it's, it's the normal. They lose a few key players, but a team that's going to be very, very difficult on the field to stop this year is Lisbon. Last year, what, seven and three, lost their final, lost their playoff game as as it were because uh the playoffs didn't begin until you got to the final eight teams or was it the 16 i don't know everybody got in and then the first two rounds didn't officially count well they got through their first two rounds and then lost 15 to 8 to wapsie valley to end their season they lose and and with going back to that that point that steven made a couple key players of every statistical guy that contributed to the Lions. They had eight kids rush for over 100 yards, as my memory serves. Their top two rushers, or two of their top three rushers, I should say, were seniors. Devin Decius, I think it might be how that's pronounced. And I believe the other one's Cole, Cole Clark, who's also their leading receiver, which 
You only complete 31 passes in 10 games. Passing wasn't something they were going for, guys. But about 3,700 total yards, 3,150 of them were on the ground. They are not. They they aren't going to hide their hand. They uh, they lay all the cards on the table and say, "Come stop us." And not many teams did as they ran to a, you know ran to the tune of seven yards per carry. Uh, Ten games and had thirty seven rushing touchdowns. So again, they're going to lay their cards on the table and hope you stop them. And they were very young. Their offensive line returns. Six of their top rushers return. Both of the quarterbacks that completed 15 passes, they were 31 of 58 now that I've pulled it up. That's basically uh, Gavin Hirschman against Cascade in one game. They did that. That's all they threw for the season. So, again, it's, not, it's, it's no secret. They're going to ground and pound and hope you stop them. If they're getting seven yards a pop, guys, that's, again, this year, they are going to be a very, very difficult <laughs> opponent to, to get a handle on. Home for the first time the next week on September Friday, September 3rd against Columbus Catholic, who is uh, coming out of Waterloo. Now, Jason, I'm sure you know this or will pretend to know this. I assume, is this the first time we're playing Columbus Catholic? I don't have to pretend. It is. It is 100% the first time we played them. Um, yeah, so that'll be, you know, kind of a fun storyline to first time playing that school um, in the history of our programs and obviously in their program, too. Um, yeah, first home game in the season, which, you know, after only having two of those last year, uh, that'll be nice to see the Little Rose Bowl again and, um, you know, for the first of, you know, hopefully four four times, if not more, uh, for the 2021 season. So, you know, with uh, with Columbus, uh, the Sailors, um, which is an awesome mascot name, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, coming down from Waterloo, you know, what, what type of stuff have you guys seen, have, have both of you seen from them so far? Stephen, go ahead. Um. Just looking back at some of their stuff, I was able to remember where my notes were. I mean, old age is catching up to me. But um, eight and two last year, they lost in the quarterfinals, and um, they're a very talented team as well. They lost by a field goal to Sigourney Kyoto, thirty-five to thirty-two, and we know that was a pretty good Sigourney Kyoto team. We were worried about potentially facing them. They actually beat Mediapolis in the round after Meepo knocked us out, ended our season last year, 32 to 20. Um, and yeah, there again, they've got some pretty good athletes that do a lot of good things. Quarterback threw for over four, almost just under 1400 yards. He had 16 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's also the leading returning rusher. And they've got a receiver that had, you know, just 22 yards per catch that's coming back at the same time that's 6'1", 180 pounds. So um, some good athletes there. And again, once again, I mean, to kind of generalize, but you see all of these programs that are on this schedule, and a lot of them have that program in place that even though they do lose those pieces, they've got kids coming up, they've got the system in place. And so, you know, the places where they did maybe graduate some key pieces, they're going to be able to plug some more guys in and be ready to go. And that's going to be a fun one to start things off. It's going to be another tough one too. And I think uh, when the schedule came out off, obviously I wasn't with you guys on, on the, you know, talking about the schedule podcast this spring, but I told Matt and maybe I told you too, Stephen, that to me, the toughest team that West Branch will have on the schedule this year is going to be Waterloo Columbus. Waterloo Columbus was within an, within a heartbeat of playing for the Class 1A state title or playing at the Unidome last year for a chance to, get, to be the semis 
and then possibly play in the quarterfinal, or excuse me, the championship game. And they return basically everybody from the 2020 team. But you talked about their quarterback, Carter Gallagher. Yeah, leading rusher, also threw for about 2,000 yards. Caden Hartz, Josh Hine returned, some of the leading receivers. But a guy you got to watch out for, I think that might make his name known this year, was as a freshman, was a defensive starter last year for them as a freshman, and one of their leading tacklers as far as quarterback sacks, is Mason Knipp. Steven made the point of guys are coming up. Well, he started as a freshman, and he's only gotten bigger. And I only know this because his uncle is my first cousin. Now, we aren't, Mason and I aren't related. It's the other side of a family. But I've watched film on this kid, watched film on this team last year at the end of the, end of the season, and just hearing from his uncle and some of the things that this team has been doing in the offseason. And they have all eyes forward to making it to the Unidome in the Class 1A playoffs this year. But West Branch isn't just going to hand them the keys to the kingdom. When they come to the Little Rose Bowl, both teams are going to be ready. West Branch will be, and they don't lose there very often, and they hope not to that night. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, the old cliche of you improve the most from week one to week two, um, you know, that's going to be uh, really important going against going against the Sailors there for the second game in the season. And, Stephen, especially, I think, if you look at it, that matchup with that first game to second game improvement, the things that West Branch, I mean, every football team to be successful, Stephen knows this very well. What's the important thing? Who are the most important players on that team to be successful? Those five guys up front. Yeah. And when you've got two or three new guys that are just learning a system at a varsity level underneath the lights on Friday night, it's a different scenario on the first night. Might be a little bit of butterflies and there'll be mistakes. Everybody makes them, but how do they grow from it? How do they move to week two, right? That's going to be the big key. And that's, you know, a lot of it too is just getting out there at game speed. And, you know, you can go out, you know, they start their camp this week, not to jump too far ahead, but, you know, you start camp this week, you get to actual padded practice next week and, you know, you're beating up on each other and you kind of know what's coming. But when you actually get out there, somebody with different colored jerseys, they don't know what's coming. You don't know what they're going to be doing. You actually have to react. That's where you can start to see things on film and really learn some stuff and then be able to put that to better use once you get onto that practice field to see where that improvement starts to come in. Those first two games might be the best one-two punch that West Branch has seen in the first two weeks of a season in a really, really long time. Because I have a hunch. I know Columbus is going to be highly ranked. They're going to be in the top three in the state at that point. Lisbon's probably going to be ranked two. And I don't remember the last time West Branch started bang, bang with two ranked teams. It's been a while. Week three, uh, heading up to Delhi to take on Mac Valley. And I think there's, you know, obviously some some different storylines at play here going up to Mac Valley uh, this season. But I think one thing that we can definitely be sure of, so I think last season we, when we went up there, um, you know, we had come off the, the one and three start, um, had beaten Wilton, um, you know, to, to level back to two and two. And then uh, beat Mac Valley uh, fifty to fourteen to really you know get get above that five hundred record and really use that um, really as some momentum going into two big final games in the end of the last season against Durant and Beckman. Do you both see this game as that 
same type of, you know, Coach Peterson likes to call it a springboard, but kind of a springboard to kick us into that district schedule and hopefully um, <laughs> kind of be in high gear by the time we hit that. I'll let you talk about it, Stephen, but my word is very, my answer to that is very simple. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, this is a Mac Valley squad that, I mean, they were two and seven last year, but it's, again, it's a proud program. You know, if you look on paper, you know, there's a lot of question marks for them. Um, their quarterback was kind of their key player last year. They had some guys that were trying to learn some things along the way. And, you know, they had a young team. And so I'm curious to see how they're going to be able to step things up and, you know, get those things back into place. But, you know, coming off of our first two games, you know, I could almost see this as kind of a trap game too, where, you know, if they have a rough start, we could kind of go in overconfident and find ourselves in some trouble. But I mean, I think, yeah, this is one of those games that, you know, really you want to make sure that you're completely focused and ready to go because after this one, that's when the district play starts and that's where things really start to play out. So you want to make sure that this final game, you know, no matter what happened in those first two for either team, you'd want to make sure that you're really starting to click on all cylinders as you head into that district play. Yeah. And speaking of district play that kicks off that next week, um, September 17th at home against the Wise and Muscatine, otherwise uh, known as L&M. And that'll be Veterans Appreciation Night as well. So um, maybe we'll be wearing those red jerseys. You know, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, but that'll be a definitely a cool, cool night at the Little Rose Bowl. Uh, Jason, tell me a little bit about L&M. They've always been a team. We've seen them once, maybe twice. I think in our schools and you know in our playing history, I played them uh, my junior and senior year. They were in our district. There you go. So Stephen just confirmed it for on my lucky guess. At least I knew twice. Was, at least twice. I don't think there's been many other times since. Actually, you know what? There was one time in the early 2000s when they weren't doing a you know home and away two year scheduling like they kind of do now most of the time, uh, where we played them a time at Ellen at at Letts in Letts, Iowa. L-E-T-T-S, if you want to spell it, let's go. This is a team that uh, they are that Southeast Iowa, when you look at smaller schools, there are not going to be very many schools that are you're gonna see with that new with the new style of offense, throw it all over the yard, mixed in with with the finesse speed rushing game, like a you know, like a Regina or a West Branch or Wilton or uh they're more of the Minneapolis kind of a run first not only are they run first they're very much run first or not quite the Sigourney Kyoto Stephen which is very much run first but uh L&M and you saw them back in the day they really haven't changed much with their offensive style obviously a change in a coach since then but they're going to come at you come up the line of scrimmage and hope you stop them and not really do much to not do anything too flashy yeah they're definitely not um going to be that air raid type offense but you know sometimes you know especially with a smaller school you want to keep it kind of you know simplified that way so that you know it's easier to get some of those basics down i mean there's times where i've seen me you know we've played schools that they've got five plays in their playbook i mean was that pleasantville several years ago in the playoffs it's like they really only run five things they just run it really well so nova I mean, I think that's, in. it's like nova came yeah. <laughs> but I think that's where L and M, you know, they're trying to get that going. And, you know, they've got some young guy. I mean, their quarterback, I think, was a sophomore last year. Their top receiver was a sophomore last year. So, 
you know, they've got some youth, so we'll see how they're able to turn things around. But, you know, hopefully, kind of like I said, that last game before the district, the first game in the district, you really want to be firing on all cylinders and get yourself off to a good start. It looks so much better going into those last four games saying, hey, we're 1-0, and rather than saying, oh, hey, we're 0-1 right now. So Next week, uh, headed up to Minneapolis to take on the Bulldogs. So as I kind of alluded to earlier, you know, you could potentially view this as a little bit of a rematch of that uh, round two playoffs matchup uh, back in 2020. Bears falling there uh, 13 to 20. Close game there at the end, but yeah, just couldn't quite pull it through to to move on. So I think a lot of the, you know, now seniors and juniors um, and even now sophomores because we had freshmen playing too last season. Um, <clears throat> no, I think they might have that kind of revenge on their mind. And, um, you know, do, do, do you think that plays into that, the, into this game at all? And, um, you know, how, how much of a different team is Meepo going to be? I, I don't think it plays into it until the week you play them. I don't think it even, some kids are going to circle it. I'm sure because they ended the season, regardless of whether it was a, there's, there's no bad blood whatsoever from the game. It's just, you got beat by a better team that night. So it's just whenever you get there, yeah, there'll be revenge. But boy, you also go to a. The kids are probably going to get a little starry eyed because they're going to go to a. I think some of the younger kids on this team, it's going to be when you go to a facility like Minneapolis has a fantastic, absolutely maybe one of the best, arguably the best football facility in Southeast Iowa. And Stephen, good news for you is they've got two press boxes. So the visiting team has its own press box nice. with nobody else bothering him, I believe, when I've taken the tour there. But they've got the field turf. They've got, they've got really, really nice facilities. But more importantly, they've got a really nice football team that I think, as we probably could say with full confidence, a lot of their success is going to be uh, hinged upon the strong legs and uh, running ability of Anthony Isley, who will be a, just a junior this year. West Branch fans saw him run to the tune of about 290 yards on them, uh, to the Bear football team last year in the playoffs, Stephen. Yeah, and Meepo, I mean, like you said, they're a run-first team, and they just they have that physical mentality. And I think that's what we saw last year. Maybe surprised us a little bit early on, and then we just weren't able to overcome a couple of things as that game went on, uh, namely Isley being able to run very well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're just... They are a line it up, smash it. You know, you want to talk about epitome of ground and pound, and they're doing that. They're going to have a new quarterback. Um, their quarterback graduated from last year, so um, we'll see how that plays into things. But um, and I want to wish him the. I think we all want to wish him the best in his in his battle. Yes, if it, uh, with with his health battles, uh, you know, to be a young kid that's being diagnosed with that word, it's a. At any age, it's rough, but to be 17 years old and have it happen, wish the best to that kid in all things and seems to be a strong athlete on the field, probably a stronger person that's going to beat whatever he's dealing with off the field. So best wishes to him and his family. Yeah, absolutely. So sending that on. Uh, one other thing, Jason, that um, I mean, I remember when they were up there <laughs> last year, um, yep. some weird name, Miller. Um, yeah, what was that? I knew you were going to this kid. Drew so. Miller was a freshman kicker last year, and we watched him hit a 65-yard field goal in warm-ups. 
Now, granted, that's no rush, and you know you got time to line it up and everything. But as a freshman, he made a 65-yard field goal at the Little Rose Bowl in warmups. That's a big, big, big part of the high school football game when you look at field position and coverage and being able to just say, you know what, we're going to kick it out of the back of the end zone, or we get inside the 35-yard line, we've got an opportunity to put three points on the board. You know, that really changes a coach's philosophy on what you're trying to do in certain situations. So he's one of those weapons that probably might get overlooked at times, but he's going to be a big component to their success as well. And about a month ago, he was invited to, as far as kickers go, to a prestigious All-American kicking camp with 75 people there. And when he was done, he was ranked the number two kicker in the United States of America from that camp. So this kid is a big time. He, you're going to see him kicking on Saturdays at the Division I level. Not just, he. I mean, he's just a sophomore. I mean, what was he, 50% touchbacks, I think, last year as a freshman? Something like that. It was that, just it was ridiculous. astronomical. So, and he's only going to, he's now six foot three, 200, around 200 pounds, according to a poster named Meepo Dog on an Iowa forum that sounds like it's his father <laughs> giving out information. <laughs> and, and because he said, my son was at these kicking camps. So that's where I got said information before, but. That yeah, Stephen. That at the small school, at any level, West Branch has been blessed through the years of having some pretty darn good kickers. So yep. I mean, that luxury doesn't come around very often. Uh, so take it while you can, and if it comes to a close game, it's pretty nice to have from sixty yards and in. <laughs> I was gonna say, let's keep them on the other side of the fifty. Yes. Yeah. If that? we can, yeah. Yeah. That uh, just let's I'm just try you. that. Yes, sir. Well, if <laughs> I. The game would be a lot easier if we just did that. Jeez, yeah. Matt, what were we thinking? <sighs> you know, I thought, yeah, we've got it all figured out now. Transition. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we come back home. We enter October. We come back home. You know, October, best month of the year, uh, in my opinion. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, October 1st at home against Durant. And, uh, boy... If it's anything like the game against Durant last year, we're in for a pretty entertaining game. I think for me, I would I would be hard pressed to find a game on last year's schedule that was more exciting yeah. uh, than that Durant game. The last several times we've played Durant, I mean, yeah. and I mean, I'm sitting here looking at my notes, and four and four, they were probably the best four and four team in the state of Iowa. I mean, you look, they lost to Cascade by a point. They lost to us and Dyersville Beckman by a touchdown. I mean, they were that close to basically running the gamut and being the top seed out of our district from last year. And, you know, that's just, it's one of those where they were that close and just couldn't quite get over the hump a couple of those times. And, you know, the last two times we've been down there, it's been lucky for us to be able to come away with a victory. So, um, yeah, Durant is one of those that, Again, probably could get overlooked just because of their record, but they are definitely a squad that has been playing very well the last several years and have um, some pieces to come in. I mean, obviously they lose their quarterback, who is a big piece of that offense. But Jason, anytime you hear Nolan DeLong, uh, whatever sport it is that that he is doing, (laughs) he is definitely going to raise some eyebrows. Yeah, and you talk about 
us to just absolute positively the Clark Kellogg stat sheet stuffer from a rushing perspective last year. Man, 2,000 yards. We get almost 2,000 yards. He's averaging over 200 yards per game. I mean, if they only played seven or eight games, obviously he may not have got 2,000. But you're talking about a kid that averaged about four rushing touchdowns and 200 yards per game, except when they played West Branch. I think he had 12 carries for 17, something to that effect. West Branch did their job there. They stopped him, but they didn't stop the the long, the big play passing game three times. Durant beat them on big play passes. And when you they did their job against DeLong, and I know Coach Peterson, before the game I was standing there, and he said, guys, we got to stop DeLong, but safeties pay attention because they're going to come at you. When you stop there, you're going to bite, you're going to bite on it, and they're going to go over the top, and they're going to catch you. And they did just that, not once, not twice, but three times. So you, that kid is absolutely going to be a stud, and unfortunately uh, for would-be tacklers, he's just a junior this year. So Isley, and unfortunately for opposing running backs, he's also one of the best defenders and a great tackler. Yeah. So pretty much anywhere the ball goes, when the rants on defense, you're going to find DeLong somewhere in the vicinity. Yeah, this is they're they are going to be a fun team to watch. I mean, they they may not even have to throw the football, and they still will be a fun team to watch because this kid's a great athlete. I mean, he's he's being recruited at the next level, as you just mentioned it, Stephen. Not as an athlete, not as a running back, but he is being recruited on the defensive side of the footballs. Another one of those wonderful small school finds that Coach Coach uh, Parker seems to find it, get to Iowa uh, and do something with them. I think West Branch had a kid like that a few years ago. So week seven, uh, traveling over to Iowa City to take on uh, the Regina Regals, who... The fighting um, Jason he, Dumonts. Right, I was just about to say... Uh, in the event, listener, that you haven't heard Marv Cook, uh, you know, former former Bear, former Hawkeye, former NFL player, and now former head coach of Iowa City, Regina, uh, he stepped down in, I believe it was June, uh, early June. Um, and now Jason Dumont, who's been a uh, defensive coordinator with the team, been with the team for, gosh, as long as I can remember, um, he is now uh, stepping up uh, to be the head coach of Iowa City, Regina, uh, new quarterback, I believe, coming in too. So um, potentially a little bit of a different-looking Regina team than what we've, you know, uh, had the pleasure of playing for the last few years. Yeah, gone is someone named Cook, huh, Stephen? Yeah, a couple of Cooks are gone. Cook, Wick. <laughs> Coley. Coley. I'm not, I'm not upset about that, no. by the way. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of teams are not. Oh yeah, and by and by the way, Regina's back up to now Class One A after being back in was Class A for a one after year, being a that? state champion at Class yeah. A. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I this is I'm gonna re, I'm really glad this is a game later in the year, just for the fact that we can kind of get a feel for how this Regal program is gonna feel and look with all this change. I mean, they had a really strong senior class that did a lot of good things. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, they were down, they had some injuries, and everybody's like, oh, you know, this program is terrible, Marv's washed up, yeah, and then they come back and win state championship last year and, you know, just dominate. Everybody's saying, oh, well, Cook's gone, Dumont's coming in. Well, you know, they kind of have things in place over there. They know what they're doing. They know how to coach and play football. So 
it's just going to be interesting to see how it looks. Are, is it going to change any, you know, are they still going to keep a lot of the same philosophy or, you know, who are the players going to be? How do they respond? You know, so I'm glad that this is later in the year so that one, we can get a sense for it, but two, they can kind of get their feet under them with the new coaching staff, you know, new ish, you know, different roles for the coaching staff and, you know, be able to be some more comfortable because this is one of those games that it's just so fun to be a part of no matter what, when, where, why, how. And so you want both teams to be able to be firing, you know, clicking, playing at the top of their game. So it'll be exciting that this is, you know, second to last week and, you know, could potentially have some district ramifications for it. So, right. Fun inside storylines, as you see, obviously Ashton Cook's been their quarterback the last three years. He graduated, has moved on to Iowa State. The coach's son at quarterback has happened twice for them with his older brother, Drew, as well. Well, guess who may be the quarterback next year or this coming year and for three uh, seasons? A Dumont? Yeah, Gentry Dumont may be taking over as the quarterback for the next three seasons. A great athlete in junior high and probably going to step right up, step right in. Yeah, you mentioned that we, you talked, Stephen, about Coley, leading rusher gone, 1,600 yards, and Wick, a, about a 9,000-yard receiver arguably the best soccer player in the state of Iowa uh, this season. Uh, a phenomenal, pheno- phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. And if memory serves, isn't he going to walk on and play football for, I don't know, is he playing football at Iowa, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. I believe but, so. But what they lose, they lose all this statistical stuff, but you know what, they're running back next year or this season. What's the leading rusher at Tipton last year? Levi Daniels going to step in and take over at running back at Regina. They always find a way. They graduate kids, but they have what will be called a program where it's they find kids, buy into the system, they buy into the weight training program. They just know winning tradition, and they don't want that to stop with them. So they'll find a way, specifically when you've got four or five, depending on how you look at it with an injury, starting offensive lineman back. And Stephen, what's the most important thing for a successful football team? Those five guys up front. And they return them all. So they've got the right pieces in place for success again this season. All right, week eight, final week of the regular season, October 15th, back at home for senior night, and it's against Wilton. And, you know, kind of as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, uh, West Branch played them in week four last year and really found their stride, I think, to to continue through the rest of the season in that game. Uh, by defeating the Beavers forty-three to eight, everything just kind of clicked. It seemed like everyone found their found their stride um, in that game. Hopefully, kind of that same type of momentum thing here. Uh, last game of the season. Hopefully, the Bears are in a position uh, to be looking at a playoff spot. And hopefully, you know, this game is something that, while it'll be tough, it's something that the Bears can use as that kind of momentum booster heading into the playoffs. Not to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, right. We have a huge, real tough schedule ahead of that. But, you know, just being optimistic. Yeah. This was a younger team, I think, last year, Stephen, except, I mean, they got hurt really hard. In they the were pre-season. a young, injured team as injured that year wore on. Te- that is exactly what I was going at. The injury bug really, really hurt Wilton last year. They've got some, they had some athletes that came back during basketball and did some great things, specifically a guy you're going to notice on the field because he's going to be one of the bigger guys on the field in Caden Kirkman, a six foot six receiving target. He's also a first team all state basketball player. 
Uh, he's going to be a guy. If they can find a quarterback that can get the ball to him, they have the they have the right pieces in the backfield with with Jackson Hole. I think returns at running back was maybe their second leading rusher last year behind Sobel, Caleb Sobel, one of the twins. But if they can find the right pieces and the right confidence, they've got a lot of guys back up front again, but they've got the majority of their team back and healthy. By week eight, they could be a pretty interesting team to play. Yeah. When I'm looking, I mean, Aiden Walker got some time at quarterback last year. Um, you know, they had Savile back there. Uh, Walker, I think, was banged up. You know, one of those guys early on got the injury bug, and so Savile had to move around a little bit. But, you know, if he can kind of get his feet under him and get some confidence, I think that could be a key thing. And, you know, if they can get, you know, they've got some guys on that offensive line that showed some flashes at points last year. And, you know, again, finding some of that consistency. And by week eight, you know, you're hopefully clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, they've got an opportunity that you could be sitting there where, depending on how things shake out with the new playoff structure, you know, this could be a type of play-in game for one or both of these teams. I mean, it could be saying, hey, we're fighting for this third or fourth spot in the district to be able to make it in. I hope we're not at that point and we're, you know, trying to clinch a district title. But just saying, based on how this district lines up, it could be very interesting. So there could be a lot to play for in this one. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's a springboard into the playoffs, but it could be a, we need it to get into the playoffs too. Fun schedule. Fun, fun schedule. Yeah, fun schedule for sure. And tough one, I, mean, you're, I think too. <laughs> I, you say tough, like I said, first two teams and arguably probably four teams of the eight, minimum four, Stephen, I think are going to be a ranked football team in week one. That's Lisbon, Columbus Catholic, Minneapolis, and Regina. I think yeah. we'll all maybe... Durant maybe with an outside chance, but you got four of the eight teams that are definitely going to be ranked come the beginning of the season. Man, tough. Arguably one of the tougher schedules West Branch has had in about the last 10 years. And fun thing here's Matt, and then we can close up the schedule, but I'll ask Steven because he knows the answer. I bet Matt, you might now too, because I've probably brought it up once or twice. Eight game schedule. When was the last time West Branch played eight regular season games? Uh, just last, uh, two years ago, actually, they played eight regular <laughs> season games. Yep. How about it's like, how many, that? how many months have 28 days? That's right. All 12. <laughs> All See, it was, it was a trick question. Yeah. I mean, people might want to say, well, 1989. Well, no, yeah, they did only play eight regular season games, the first state championship year, but West branches because of cancellations has done it. What twice, two or three times in the regular season in the last 10 years. So I mean, by scheduling-wise, the last time they were scheduled only eight regular season games was 1989. So that'll close it up for the 2021 season, uh, regular season schedule. Um, so, yeah, again, that'll kick off August 27th at Lisbon. But before that, the team has a lot of stuff to do, uh, a lot of yeah. preseason items. Go ahead and talk through those, Jason. I'll hand I'll Please. hand the host duties back over to you. Thank you. Oh, no, for, no. Thank Matt you for letting me take this. I've enjoyed listening to, to this and being a sideshow. Uh, August the 3rd, which would be, what, two days from now? A Tuesday, August the 3rd, camp, as you can't see my fingers in quotation mark, begins for football teams in the state of Iowa, as well as volleyball teams in the state of Iowa. Camp is kids can wear shirt, 
you know, t-shirts or cutoffs, t-shirts and shorts, but they can wear their helmet. They just can't wear pads yet on August 3rd, and then you can do camp. So basically that's, you know, if you guys, Stephen or Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, we'll make it easier, is go. they're doing more tech stuff to sort of, okay, let's see where you are. Let's, let's check your report card from the end of last year. And for you new kids, let's really see where you are to see what we have, what we've got to work with here on this hand that we've been dealt. And it's a lot of conditioning stuff too. I mean, it's blowing the cobwebs out and, you know, making sure that you're not going full contact, but you kind of get limbered up and work yourself into it. Try to avoid some of those injuries. If, you know, you have a kid that maybe hasn't been hitting the weight room or doing things in the off season, they come out full pads the first day and suddenly you're like, oh, well, guess he's done for the year. So, you know, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, yeah, it's some of those technical things. It's working on the little stuff, but it's also conditioning and kind of blowing out the cobwebs. Yeah. Then moving on to Monday, August 9th, the first official practice begins in the state of Iowa. And not full pads yet. That doesn't happen until the Saturday of that week. First practice with pads, which traditionally West Branch will go at 6 or 6.30 in the morning. Practice for about an hour and a half that day. They will get their first crack in doing a little ISO drill so you can get the feel of those pads, what it's like to get those things back on at full speed and get that adrenaline rush before media day begins later on that morning at around 8, 8.30 up at the Little Rose Bowl. Traditionally, West Branch, the, the kids will show up in their game jerseys. We'll have the opportunity to interview every player that we want to interview. All the coaches except Tyler Bailey uh, will also be interviewed that day. He got his one in last year, and that's going to cost Steven Steak Sandwiches I think until 2025. Is that correct, Matt? Uh, I'd have to go back and listen to the quote unquote tape, but I knew it was, there was some time period on there. I'm sure Steven doesn't want to contribute to this conversation (laughs) at all. I'm thinking that tape got lost somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if we did a post game interview that night. I think Jerry Flagel was too busy enjoying the the food, working the the concession stand really well because they were doing dollar dogs after the game. So Jerry was busy. But media table, it's nice to get the opportunity to talk to kids, uh, talk to the coaches, kind of feel their pulse a little bit from what's been happening in camp up to that point, and just to get an idea of how they feel going into week one a couple weeks later. Five days later, on August the 19th, Thursday this year, is meet the teams at the Little Rose Bowl. There won't be any scrimmages. It's just come and all the kids and coaches of all the spring, all spring, all the fall, Activities will introduce themselves, including the football, volleyball, cross country, probably the band. You'll probably get to meet Super Bear. I mean, that's that's what we're all there for on August the 19th, which leads into Friday the 20th, a scrimmage at Tipton this year. That'll be fun. Uh, you, the last few years it's been, you've had uh, scrimmages against Mount Vernon, and it's just been a fun night. Uh, it's fun to kind of get that the feel of it's not a full all out hey we scored more points than you we win but it's real you don't have to go against your best friend on the other side of the line anymore Stephen so just to get a scrimmage to get those co- sort of work some kinks out well and it's really that first opportunity to to you know play against a full other team um you know especially with us with these in smaller schools you know you 
typically barely have enough players to field an 11 on 11. So this is a really good opportunity to go, you know, your ones against their ones, your twos against their twos, um, and really get that games game type situations um, and get those uh, get those kind of, you know, worked out and, and in your mind and uh, go through the motions to get ready. And specifically when you're trying to work a new quarterback into a system of getting that feeling under the lights for all these kids, not just at quarterback, but two or three new linemen, a couple new skill position players. Actually, the skill position players pretty much all return for West Branch, which is that is going to be a strength. Not only that, the defense returns a majority of their guys that took snaps last year. But they get that first Friday night under the lights, be it a scrimmage where there's no scoreboard other than the clock running. It's just a nice feeling to get back into that swing of, yes, Friday Night Lights. I love it. And then officially, August the 27th, as Matt already started off, introduced the schedule, and Stephen and I botched it as best as we could talking about these (laughs) games. But at Lisbon, August 27th, it all begins at around 5 p.m. with the JV, the fresh Mm -hmm. soft, taking taking the kickoff, right? Oh, they play the night before, the 26th. So they'll kick the season off officially the night before. On the 26th will be West Branch Press Off against Lisbon. But the 27th, the Varsity Football Bears will open their 2021 campaign at a team we've already talked about, giving some names and some feelings about how Lisbon's going to be, Stephen, is, man, it's going to be a good football team. But but I just I just am so excited to see what this season holds with a new quarterback, a, a kid that played last year, got a lot of snaps as a sophomore. Now he's a, he's an athlete. And what's that old adage? If you can get the ball in the hands of your best athlete, you do it. And he's one of their best athletes at quarterback this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, it's a small senior class and all seven of those guys are going to be huge contributors to this program and to how far this team goes this year. Don't get me wrong there, but it's going to be fun too, because you are going to see so many of these other younger guys that are building the groundwork for the next two or three years beyond as well. So, you know, a new quarterback that's going to be a junior. So we've got a couple of years. So yeah, there might be some growing pains in the first two weeks, especially against a couple of really good teams, but you know, he's going to grow, he's going to get better. And by the time we get to the end of this year and then look ahead to next year, not to get the cart too far ahead of the horse, but you know, that's fun. You're going to see some of these other linemen, some of these receivers, some of these backs that, you know, maybe wouldn't have got a chance if there was a huge senior class, but they're going to be called upon. And so that's where I'm really looking forward to this year is seeing how these young guys develop and how they respond when they're called upon, you know, whether it's from week one or whether they work their way up throughout the season and get their call later in the year. But um, yeah, that'll be, it'll be exciting how this season shapes up. Anyone want to mention that quarterback's name just in the event that anybody that's listening was curious? Go ahead, Steven. Um, <laughs> Carver Belk. That's correct. Thank you. He's got a brother named Kinnick, you know, I wonder how yeah. they got their names. I have no know. idea. Pull them out of a hat. Yeah. But Matt, since you didn't, you know, we're talking about Lisbon and about the excitement again to, to the first, the week of the first game here, we t- gave a little bit of our preview and, you know, and maybe we'll talk about what, how we feel the season, some chances, you know, some things happening uh, coming up, but you didn't really get to say what you feel about the excitement of the season 
and some of the things you're looking forward to? Yeah, I think I'm just ready for hopefully things to be back to normal. Um, you know, just kind of all the protocols and worries and everything that we had last year, um, rescheduling and, um, you know, all the masks and just all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, crossing my fingers that we, we're not going to have to do that again this season and just kind of get things back to normal is really what I'm hoping for. But um, yeah, I think what, what's really interesting about the eight game schedule is that I think the the players and the well really the whole team i think it's going to have to be more focused than ever before because they have one less game to you know jockey for playoff positioning one less game to get ready uh for the playoffs if you make it um you know they're just going to have to be more focused and and especially with the schedule as we've talked about so many tough teams um and you know right out of the gate uh with the first like well, like just all the games, but really just, you know, talking about week one at this point, right out of the gate, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to be on their game um, and carry that in hopefully for seven straight weeks after that. Um, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And just with, you know, all of these sophomores um, and juniors, um, I guess, and even freshmen too, last year, getting all that playing time that they had, I'm really interested in seeing how they've progressed and matured physically um and mentally and just being better guys better men really at this point um seeing how that translates to play on the football field i'm looking forward to them actually getting to play at the little rose bowl this yeah year. well yeah that too i'm not sure they remember where that was last year as west Branch saw what one game two games at counting the playoffs at the little rose bowl last year that was a you know but to be able to play last year was fine You'd be able to get all those games in I think was the most important thing, you know, with everything going on, Matt mentioned the pandemic and we'd be remiss if it wasn't still in, in the vernacular of all of us, uh, that just getting back and getting, getting that old feeling again down at the little Rose bowl more than once or twice. So you get a little feel that you get the fans of your home field that they shut the whole town shuts down to come watch you on a Friday night. Kind of tough for them to do that on the road. Although they get the privilege of listening to the voice of the bears. Stephen Grace and Mike Quinlan and the coach Jared Tiley on the sidelines this year joining us for interviews. So that should be fun. But coming up in the next few weeks, like we said, 26 days until the season opener, that's going to go by very, very quickly. Uh, the next episode, we'll do it right after media day. So look for that to come out on the 14th or 15th of August. However quickly old Neo Matt can get the matrix can get that out on onto the World Wide web. And how quickly Matt and Stephen and I really feel like using a recording one with them. Matt might just go at it alone for that one. Uh, we'll put that out to recap our interviews and recap Media Day, uh, and just give you know you'll hear the kids and you'll hear the coaches give their feelings up to that point and their feelings of leading into Week One because you don't want to look past Week One when you're interviewing uh, early on. You want to talk about yeah we got goals, we want to make the playoffs, but. We also want to, don't want to look past the Lisbon Lions, which leads me to the week of our first game, which will be somewhere on or about the 21st, 22nd, 23rd of August, somewhere in that vicinity. We'll all come back together. Maybe we'll ask, we'll ask Jared Tiley or, and Mike Quinlan and or Mike Quinlan to join us 
to kind of discuss that first week and get their ideas for the season two, if guys. You're going to ask Mike Quinlan to be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to set work. up at the Little Rose Bowl with our microphones because there's <laughs> no way he'll figure out the technology. He he'll carry a bag for us and then he walks away <laughs> because he is not very technological savvy. Well, on that note, maybe we could just set it up at. I don't know. There's a business in town. I might go knock on their door and see if they'll host us. I'll have to ask his wife. Hoover though, House? Because she's, yes, the Hoover House. <laughs> she seems like she's the kind one of, of, the, of the couple. Pretty much, but yeah. Yes, that, that, that story checks out. So, guys, I, we've talked to schedule. Uh, a few uh, notes, Matt, I know you had here listed. If you want to talk about those now, go right ahead. Uh, yeah, just wanted to mention um, just kind of some, <clears throat> uh, I guess, uh, so for Drake Berry, uh, he has just in the last few weeks received uh, a couple offers to play at the college level. And so those have, um, you know, previously or earlier this year, he got an offer from Grand U- Grandview University. Uh, but just within the last two weeks or so, he's received two other offers. Uh, one from Upper Iowa University, and then um, just as of, I think, Friday, maybe it was, uh, University of Sioux Falls. So uh, it's really good offers there for Drake. Um, I know they're going to keep coming in, um, but it's you know good feeling for him and I think some good confidence going into going into a senior season that he's uh, you know uh, got the attention of some some college programs. And he's so. a three-year starter. Well, well, this will be his third year as starter. So he's got a lot better each year, and he's got, well, bigger each year in a good way, I think, on and off the field to improve his game. I think before we uh, get to our wrap-up and my favorite portion of the show at the end of it, uh, because uh, nobody wants to hear my voice any longer. Well, they don't want to hear my voice (laughs) any longer. So I feel for the fans that are are listening. But uh, in the offseason, we've talked about some of the good things that are happening. You know, the kids with seven-on-seven. We didn't mention that. They've been doing a lot of that over the summer. Uh, Drake Berry getting some nice accolades, attending a lot of camps. A lot of the other kids doing the same. But I think uh, within the last couple of weeks, uh, small towns uh, feel pain and feel feel things a little bit more than large school communities, I think, uh, because you're just more close-knit. You're all part of a, as Coach Peterson calls it, a family, and the West Branch football family lost one of their own a couple of weeks ago, Stephen. Yeah. Um, condolences going out to uh, coach Jason Peterson, his son, Dalen, uh, former starter for the bears for several years, uh, passed away unexpectedly a few weeks ago and um, really hit a lot of the entire program, the entire town hard. Um, I mean, I played with Jason, grew up with him. His dad, Tom was uh, one of my coaches and, you know, I've got to know Dalen over the years, especially, you know, Dakota Kaleberg was in that class, so I knew that a lot of those kids being so close to uh, Dakota's dad, and um, just really hard to see somebody go so young, and um, definitely send our condolences to the entire family, and know that um, the Bears are definitely feeling that loss, and um, are right there for Jason and Tamia and the rest of the family, uh, offering any support that they need uh, as they mourn that loss of Dalen way too early. That's well said, and yeah, speaking for myself as well, I just second what Stephen said with Coach Peterson, Coach Jason, and again, his. you mentioned his dad was your coach. He was my fresh softball coach back in the day. 
I I can't call him Tom or Mr. Peterson. He's Coach Peterson to me. He's a head coach. I've never called him anything other than that. So, you know, just that families, they are West Branch football. So, uh, yeah, arms around, uh, you know, positive thoughts and pick them up, pick up the family. And I'm sure uh, football is going to be a something that they're going to look forward to a sunny day for the family that loves West Branch football as much as they do, I think is going to be something that they're looking forward to maybe to, to help heal. As we wrap up this episode, uh, we want to remind you how to stay in touch with all things West Branch football on the World Wide Web. What can they do, Matt, to be able to get everything of bear football at their fingertips? Where can they go? Ooh, I get to do this this time, huh? Of Dang course. It. I was all set and ready. <laughs> I did my homework. I even well, opened up my internet. I forgot Twitter. how to find all these things. Well, we're all over the place. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So Twitter and Instagram, search for WB Bears football. Uh, lots of stuff posted there. Uh, like us on Facebook, just search for West Branch football and you'll find us. Um, you know, all updates that we send out through social media are right there. Um, and so be sure to be sure to give us a like and uh, share our posts too. Uh, also, this show, the Talking Bear Football Podcast, you can, you know, right here on West Branch Football, you can subscribe to that. Uh, that's totally free. You're just essentially like following our show. Um, you can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, or whatever your podcast player of choice is. Just search for Talking Bear Football. Um, you should be able to find us. Uh, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Again, that's totally free. Um, just search YouTube for West Branch Football and you should be able to find our channel there. Um, as the season's going to get started going here soon with practice and media day and all sorts of stuff, you'll definitely want to be subscribed to, to the, to the channel there. So as soon as we post videos, uh, you're going to know about it just because we've got a lot of videos coming up here in the next few months. Um, and then of course, westbranch.football, formerly westbranchfootball.com. Uh, you can still use westbranchfootball.com, but eh, we're rebranding a little bit. Westbranch.football, uh, kind of a fun, fun domain name there. So we've come into the 21st century, boys. Right. 21 years ago, but hey, we're yeah, into the right. 21st century now. We we done did it now. Yeah, we're over that dot com stuff. We want dot football. Yeah. Westbranch.football. So yeah, keep uh, keep your eyes on that. Do we have to worry about a dot football bust like we saw in yeah. Silicon Valley in the early 2000s? Yes. And, and we're going to be at the forefront. I hope not. We might need more sponsors. Yeah, yeah. It, it, maybe they're going to sell. We're going to sell crypto. West Branch dot football coins. <laughs> Blockchain. Before I before I close it up with <laughs> close up the show, Stephen Matt mentioned earlier in the schedule an alumni band night. How about alumni football with Stephen Stephen Grace under uh, as the center again? Hey, what bring it on! As long as I don't have to bend over, because man, these knees. <laughs> I'm just going to leave just it not, at that. It's just not going to happen. You know that conditioning that the players are doing this coming week? I should go join them. I'll just say that. <laughs> we and I all won't make it through. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on that note, Stephen, Matt, I'm Jason, and you've been listening to the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on Westbranch.football. Take, Take care, care, everyone. everyone.